Blog Talk Radio. Choices, decisions, frustrations, and pain. Knowing I'm going to forget her someday. While I still can, I'll challenge all my loved ones every friend to look inside their hearts and understand that I Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. This is your host, Lori LeBay, and I am just thrilled to be with you this morning. Um, Today we're going to have an absolutely fabulous show. We're going to be covering the Alzheimer's Disease International Conference from Taipei, and we've got some fantastic guests that uh, we'll be calling in here shortly. We're having a little difficulty with, uh, with phone connections right now. And then our second guest is going to be from the Hebrew Home, uh, which is launching a brand-new application for caregivers dealing with dementia um, called Balance. So we're going to have some wonderful conversations today. For those of you that are new to the show, I just want to explain a little bit about Alzheimer's Speaks. We are an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort worldwide. We believe in joining forces, in sharing knowledge, and just having those everyday conversations about life with dementia. We believe this is truly the only way we're going to be able to remove the stigmas attached to memory loss so that we can help those in the trenches take back their life with purpose. Together, we can help everyone understand the true needs of the disease, not just the myths and the stigmas that stagnate us. At our core at Alzheimer's Speaks, we believe collaboratively we can win this battle. And we know we're making a difference because of all of you, all of our listeners and supporters on all the various platforms have um, gotten us recognized as the number one influencer online with Alzheimer's, according to ShareCare and Dr. Oz. So I greatly appreciate uh, that you are doing all those little things that you don't think are important. But each time you like us and tweet us and talk about us and share the knowledge we are sharing with you, you're making a brilliant impact way larger than you could ever imagine. So if you haven't checked out our our main website, which is www.alzheimerspeaks.com, please go and do that. Um, Participate in the dementia chats. Those are also free along with the radio show where you can get so much great information. Our channel expert today is Rick Phelps, and I'm not sure if Rick's going to be able to make the connection with us or not. I'm hoping so. Rick is the founder of Memory People, um, which is an online support group in uh, on Facebook. And it's a closed group, so you can really have some great conversations with people that understand the disease. 
If you want to join the conversation, please utilize the chat box um, and just make a comment or pose a question. And um, Or you can always call in live as well, and that number is 714-364-4757. Again, that's 714-364-4757. So let me go ahead and introduce our first guest here today. Oops, I think we just lost him again, but let me see if, if Mark is on the line. Let me just test this out. I have a 703 number with me. Um, can you state your name, please? Hello? A 703 number? Okay, it must just be a caller then. Um, we're having a little bit of difficulty um, with our connections over in Taipei, so what I'm going to go ahead and do is introduce our guests, and hopefully they'll be able to call back in again and we'll be able to make the connection. Today we're going to be speaking with Alzheimer's Disease International. Mark Wortman is the Executive Director of Alzheimer's Disease International, and he studied law and art. Um, over in the Netherlands and has been an entrepreneur in the real estate or the retail business for 15 years. And he has now been um, with Alzheimer's Disease International since 2006. Prior to that, he was the director of Alzheimer's Netherlands in 2000, and he chaired the Dutch Fundraising Association and was the vice president of the European Fundraising Association as well. Our other guest that will be joining Mark is Daisy Acosta, and she was the prior uh, ADI chairwoman. And Daisy is a medical doctor, and she's certified by the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology, and she specializes in geriatric psych, um, psychiatry. Uh, she's a dedicated professional, and she has um, just done amazing work in the Alzheimer's arena. Daisy has a large a clinical practice uh, based in the Dominican Republic, and she's very well known for her dedication and care and treatment of those dealing with dementia. Our third guest with ADI is the current chair, Dr. Jacob Roy, and he is the founder and uh, chairman for uh, Alzheimer's and Related Disorders in India. He has been a medical doctor since 1976 and has worked in India, um, in Nigeria, and Ireland. And in 98, he organized the first international conference of ADI. Um, and so, again, we've just got this fabulous uh, wealth of information that we're going to be able to tap into today. So, <clears throat> again, we're still waiting for them to be able to call in. We've, we're having some problems with connections here. So what I'm going to do is just fill the air a little bit um, while, while they continue to call in. Alzheimer's Disease International, for those of you that don't know, is an organization of all the Alzheimer's associations around the world. And so no matter where you are, <clears throat> you're able to go ahead and connect and find those wonderful support services that they have to offer. And annually, they put together a conference. This one happens to be their 28th international conference, 
And the um, theme of it is Action for Global Change. And so it's um, just a, a wonderful, wonderful organization. And um, it's looking like they may not be able to call in here um, for the show. So I'm going to have to, um, I might have to uh, regroup here a little bit in terms of what we're, what we're going to do. I'll tell you a little bit about the show, what I can, while they continue to try to call in. Sometimes we have difficulties, um, again, just with phone lines and connections, and that seems to, be, seems to be the issue that we're having over there right now. The conference actually starts today, and it goes through April 20th. And um, it's Alzheimer's Disease International, and the, the Chinese Taipei are, are putting this together. And the people who are going to be attending are going to be medical professionals, researchers, um, and also people with dementia and their carers. So it's, it's bringing all that common interest together. And the conference is a very high quality, very diverse. And um, they, uh, you know, I, I wish I was there, actually. Plus, um, we'd probably be able to cover it a little bit better if I was. But anyways, um, let me tell you a little bit more about um, Alzheimer's Speaks Connection to ADI. We actually have just formed a partnership in terms of our dementia-friendly uh, Alzheimer's Speaks Dementia Friendly Campaign. And our goal is really to work together to raise awareness and um, help share this knowledge on a global level. And so I'm very excited to be partnering with Alzheimer's Disease International in trying to help spread the word of what is happening around the world, giving voice to all of those involved um, with dementia, because once again, it's just such a such an important important stake. Um, while I've got time here, I think what I will do is just talk to you a little bit about Alzheimer's Disease International, and see if I can uh, give you some information that maybe you haven't had before. If you're not familiar with uh, the World Alzheimer's Report, that comes from ADI, and it's, it's just a phenomenal report with all kinds of statistics um, from around the world. But what I find most interesting about it is that no one is safe from this disease. And I don't say that to scare you. I say that just in terms of common knowledge, that we have to really start looking at our similarities versus our differences, and understanding by sharing the knowledge and um, the quest that we have together and working collaboratively, we're going to be able to make a much bigger impact, and we're going to be able to fight this battle, and we're going to be able to find peace within the process in and of itself. So if you haven't gone to Alzheimer's Disease International's website, which is www.alz.co.uk, um, I really encourage you to do so. They have absolutely wonderful information um, located. 
um, on their site, and there is a really powerful video on there um, that talks about overcoming stigmas as well. And so that is just a very, um, very, very useful and powerful um, powerful segment that will give you insights that I think will be quite fascinating um, to you as a whole. Most people don't have any idea uh, what this disease is really like to live with, and it's just so critically important that we we all become more aware and educated in terms of what life is like for those with dementia as well as those caring for them. I am going to go ahead and open up the phone lines if anybody wants to call in. We've got some dead air because it looks like we're not going to be able to make the connection with Taipei today, um, so we'll have to reconnect here at another time. So if anybody has a, a question uh, that they would like to pose to myself or maybe that they would like me to ask when we do reschedule this particular show, please let me know. Um, you can call in at 714-364-4757. That's 714-364-4757. And, um, you know, we'll just continue this conversation. Our second guest uh, will be coming on, and I'll see if we can maybe get them on a little sooner um, so that I'm not filling the next 50 minutes um, of air by myself here. But um, our our second guest you're not going to want to miss either because it's absolutely uh, a fantastic new application that... uh, that is uh, able to take place in terms of helping those with Alzheimer's disease. And so um, it's called Balance, and I I think you'll be fascinated at what all it has to offer here. So um, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to, since I'm a one-man show here, I'm going to go ahead and play a song for a little bit, and I'm going to see if by chance I can get them on the line. So I'm going to go ahead and play. Uh, What do we want to play here? We'll go ahead, and I'm going to put on I Will Remember uh, You, and we'll be right back. Of a boy who 
child is all grown up now Yes, that boy is me Standing right beside you Where I want to be When the photos start to fade When the memories slip away It's a struggle every day Again, that's Coral Health, C 
C-O-R-O-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. They also have just launched a new app, which is quite exciting. So if you go to their their site, you'll be able to uh, find out more information um, regarding them as well. I would love to get a dialogue going here uh, with our listeners, either through the chat box or uh, by people calling in at 714-364-4757. And again, I apologize that we are having some technical difficulties with the the lines uh, from Taipei um, into the studio here, and we're not able to connect with Alzheimer's disease international to pull them in so we will get that rescheduled so that we can talk with uh, executive director mark wortman as well as dr jacob roy and daisy acosta um, because they've just got such great information to be able to to share with us as as a whole Um, their individual wisdom and knowledge is is actually spectacular and um, we definitely want to find more out about them. In the meantime, I, I think what I'm going to do is step you through some of the the information that you can find on Alzheimer's Disease International. They're kind of a little hidden entity, and that's one of the reasons that I wanted to um, work closely with them is I, is I want to be able to help raise their voice, their knowledge, and um, all of the information that they have on their site, which is so, so valuable. Some of you out there are probably familiar with uh, Dr. Richard Taylor, and Richard is also um, closely tied in with uh, ADI. Uh, he and Laura Bromley have the I Will or I Can, I Will Idea Library, which is just a, a phenomenal place where people can share what is working and what isn't working um, for them. And they've got it broken down for people to submit information uh, for people with dementia, family carers and friends, medical professionals. They have information on um, professional careers, uh, different information on Alzheimer's associations, and um, and also um, some other other programs and things there. So um, feel free to go ahead and check that out and, and contribute. You know, add your idea to the library. Again, everything is about working together as one. Um, none of us can survive this disease alone, and so it's very important that we, we go ahead and we work together um, to make a difference, to shift our care culture. So for you who are listening out there today, if you wouldn't mind even typing into the chat box and just letting me know what are some concerns that you have in terms of, of dealing with dementia. And I'll try to go ahead and, and answer that. Um, is, let's see, we've got uh, somebody who uh, has put in, uh, has sent me an email and said, how do I know? you know, if I'm having a problem. I, I, I think I'm having a problem. I'm starting to see some changes, um, but I don't really know how serious those changes are. What do you recommend that I do? Well, that actually is a, is a simple and a tough question wrapped into one. The simple answer is, you know, go see a professional. 
the hard part about that is taking that step because I know how scary that is. But what I can tell you that I hear over and over and over again from people with dementia was that even though diagnosis is a difficult thing to handle, it gives people this sense of calm because they no longer feel like they're going crazy or that they were imagining things because so many of their friends and family tell them that, you know, it's normal and they know and have felt inside that it was not a normal process for them. And so that's an excellent question. You um, typically will have to go see your primary physician and then get referred out, but you definitely want to go see um, someone who is uh, in the area of neurology, preferably someone who deals a lot with memory loss. And, and I think, you know, from there you're going to be able to explore and understand the disease, um, if, if it is the disease, at a much better level. Sometimes uh, we can have symptoms if we're tired, if we don't have enough fluid, enough water in our body, if our vitamins are off and we, you know, we're, we're having a vitamin deficiency, all of those types of things can cause our body to react different. Just like when we have stress, you know, we can get it overload and things aren't clicking as well. So many times we can have symptoms that can be corrected, but the only way you're going to know that is to go in and, again, talk with a professional and find out exactly what's at the root of the problem. Uh, Another question sent to me was, should I get tested? You know, and, and that really is a personal choice. Should I get tested to see if I have the gene? If, you know, maybe, um, you know, would that do me any good to know uh, if I've got this Alzheimer's or dementia gene within my body? My personal decision, um, and this is me just speaking personally, is I have passed on, on dealing with that. Um, and the reason for that, and I've heard this from many, many doctors, is, Lori, we could test you, and we could find that you have the gene. But that doesn't mean that you're going to get dementia. It's kind of like uh, most of us <clears throat> understand that we all have the cancer gene in us, but, you know, is it going to go malignant? Is, you know, are we really going to go through that process? And if there's one thing that this journey has taught me over time, it's the fact that I need to live in the moment and not worry about the past um, or, or the future, but to really appreciate what I have in my life today. Now, on the, on the flip side of that, I will add, though, that I have signed both myself and my mother up to um, have our, our brains autopsied upon death. And some people say, why would you do that? Well, I'm doing that because I firmly believe that if we don't step up to the plate and help the researchers out, we're not going to be able to find a cure. 
And um, I, I want to be able to offer that in, in my personal belief, again, and everybody's is different and there's no right or wrong, my personal belief is um, I'm out of that body and if it can be used in other fashions, then I want it to be used. Um, and again, that's just one of those personal philosophies there uh, that I have. So again, feel free to go ahead and, and type in any questions that you that you might have. Another person um, just shot me an email and said, can you talk a little bit more about dementia chats? I've heard about dementia chats, but I don't really know what it is or how I, how I access it. Uh, dementia chats is a platform that we provide here at Alzheimer's Speaks, and it's a free platform. It's what's called a webinar. And so we provide you a link, and you sign in as a guest, and you will see um, basically a video interview that happens live if you join us during a live session, um, where you can also ask questions or make comments um, pertaining you know, to whatever topic we're talking about that day. Um, it's very unscripted. Uh, it's myself as the host, and then I usually have two to four other people uh, that I interview, and all of those people have dementia. And it's absolutely fascinating. And to get to the link, um, I do have that on the blog, um, and I announce that, and I put that on our Facebook page, so if you go to Dementia Chats on Facebook and become part of that group, you would always be notified too um, when those are coming. But you can also go to alzheimerspeaks.com and you have to dig a little bit, not too bad. You go to the About page and then go to Become Dementia Friendly. And on that page of Become Dementia Friendly, you just scroll down a little bit after um, it talks about becoming dementia-friendly, and you'll see a section called Dementia Chats. And there, um, it'll explain in a little bit more detail what we do and why we do it. Um, it'll give you instructions on how to enter. There's an evaluation form if you want to shoot one to me, and then there's an actual link um, to go ahead and enter into the site. And the, um, that particular link is the same link for every session that we do. And so I'm going to go ahead and I'll put that in um, in our chat box here in just a second. So if you want to copy and paste that um, into um, you know, a safe place for you, you can know that, uh, that uh, you can always enter uh, through that mode. Now, when do we have them? Those are regularly scheduled um, <clears throat> platforms um, or, or webinars that we do. And the dementia chats are every two, or uh, I'm sorry, every second and fourth Tuesday of the month. Um, and that is at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, which is um, 2 p.m. Central or noon on um, if you're Pacific time. And uh, they're just, again, so phenomenal, and we've had such great feedback from people regarding 
um, regarding the Dementia Chats uh, programs. People are using them for, for training uh, at, <clears throat> at facilities in support groups. Uh, doctors have gotten back to us with the information being very valuable to them from a co clinician uh, standpoint, as well as families are using them just to sit down and have, have support uh, and uh, be able to talk through and really connect and, um, and, and have those honest conversations that sometimes we can't always have with our own personal family members. So it's very important for us to, to just, again, have that, that normal conversation um, where there's no embarrassment, um, there's no wrong question, and um, the participants um, in these platforms also share such critical information. And so the, the conversations I, I find quite fascinating. And even though I've been on this journey for 30 years with my mother, I learn something new every single session. Just like when I do the radio shows, I always learn something new from, from our guests as well. Um, it's incredible the knowledge that uh, that is out <clears throat> out there and available uh, to us all if we just choose to tap into it. I also am going to I think highlight a couple of other things that are just kind of fun. Um, I have been pushing for our dementia friendly campaign. And um, on our website, um, under the About Us and the Become Dementia Friendly section, there are um, 10 videos that are live. The 11th will go live tomorrow. And that explains kind of what Dementia Friendly is about. Um, and for those of you that aren't familiar with it, Dementia Friendly or Dementia Aware was really started over in the UK. And um, we are joining forces with them on trying to bring that concept here to the U.S., getting both businesses and communities to realize that they have to take an active role with this disease. Um, as I always say, dementia is not a disease of one. It's a disease of society, and it affects so many individuals. Um, so with our particular campaign, the way we've structured it We've broken businesses into four different segments. Um, the first are businesses with increased contact due to the medical condition. So that's the doctors and the nurses and the clinics and hospitals, the social workers, uh, the clergy, the pharmacists, uh, attorneys and financial planners and insurance agents, um, sometimes senior housing um, or realtors are also involved in that um, initial kind of blast of diagnosis. The second group are businesses which are part of everyday life. And, you know, what's part of your everyday life? Well, that's the grocery store, that's the coffee shops and the gas stations, the restaurants, um, the banks, and it's the places we work at. Because when dementia strikes, it's not something we leave at home. We think we might. But you, you don't really drop that bag off. It, it comes with you, all of the emotions, all of the things that you are thinking about and um, have on your plate go with you into your, 
into your business. And one of the things that, that saddens me um, <clears throat> is I hear from so many people that they don't feel safe talking about um, either having the disease themselves or caring for somebody um, at work because they don't want to lose their job. And again, there is a lot of ignorance going on in terms of uh, what this entails, and it adds so much more stress to both the person diagnosed as well as their care partner, um, which, again, just makes things worse. Um, We need to be supportive of that. The third category would be influential businesses, those people in power positions. So that's our legislators, uh, the media, the clergy, the federal, state, and county workers um, that that we look up to, that we are looking for answers from. And then the fourth are all the businesses that supply us comfort, entertainment, and balance. So that can be anything from a fitness center to a park, uh, to a theater, to a beauty salon or barbershop, to a sports arena, to a hotel, Uh, to a bowling alley. I mean, the list is pretty much endless. Um, And the reason I broke them down into the four categories was, again, to try to help enlighten people to understand that this is not a disease of one. This is a disease of society. For those of you that are just uh, tuning in right now, I have to apologize. We're not able to make our connection with Alzheimer's Disease International from Taipei. We're having some some phone uh, problems at this point, and so I am kind of filling air until our second guest comes on, which will be in about another 20 minutes. So I would love for you, if you've got some more questions that you'd like to pose, I'd love to uh, have you join the conversation, and you can do that through the chat box, or you can call in at 714-364-4757, and um, we can talk about whatever it is you want to talk about regarding dementia and caregiving. Uh, maybe you have an idea of who we should have on as a guest, and I would love to hear from you um, regarding that. Maybe you're just ready to have your story told um, and be heard. And again, this is a time right now um, where we can go ahead and do that. Uh, If this disease has taught me one thing, uh, it's all about being spontaneous and going with the flow. And that's what we're doing because of, uh, again, technical difficulties with phone lines over in, in Taipei at this point. So... Uh, again, apologize uh, for the difficulty, but that is that is life um, in, in general. And so uh, I'm going to go ahead and um, see if we've got some other questions here. Uh, someone else just emailed me and said, can you talk a little bit about the resource directory that you have? And the resource directory is um, is I'm very excited about. Um, I built it, and it's on the site at the www.alzheimerspeaks.com, and I built it to be a collaborative site 
one which allows people to share information and resources that they have found useful and helpful on their journey or maybe in their profession if they deal with Alzheimer's disease or dementia um, and caregiving as well. And so on the resource directory, um, we're just in the process of, of getting this pushed out and announced uh, to people, but you can go ahead and enter in information that you, that you have found helpful. Um, and the way you do that is on the top of the page in the header, um, right next to the Contact Us button, and uh, there's a button that says Partnering Options, Share That You Care. And if you click on uh, that button, Share That You Care, on Find Out How, it will bring you into a sign-up form where you can go ahead. There's a drop-down menu. Um, there are uh, a few major uh, categories, and I'll just go ahead and highlight what those are and kind of step you through the process if you're interested. Um, one of, the, one of the major categories is Great Reads. And if you would click on Great Reads, uh, there'll be a subcategory that pops up and it says articles, blogs, books, newsletters, personal writings, and publications. So you can go ahead and share anything um, that falls into those categories. From there, you put in uh, a company name if there's one, a brief description, um, some contact information, and the URL uh, that goes directly to that item. So if you've read a great book and you want to share that knowledge with somebody else, it doesn't have to be your book. It just is you pushing it out to other people. And you push the button, and uh, it goes ahead and gets submitted. There's another category called Fantastic Flicks or Audios. And in that particular category, you can link to um, audios and podcasts, um, specific radio shows, uh, films and videos, and again, go through the same, same process. If you're a speaker, trainer, coach, or consultant, uh, you can go ahead um, and put your information into the site there as well. And what I'm going to do today is normally for businesses, uh, there's a $100 fee. I'm going to go ahead and waive that to any of our listeners. Um, go ahead and input your your business. So if you're a speaker, trainer, coach, or consultant, uh, there won't be any fee. There never has been a fee for the Great Reads or the Fantastic Flicks. Um, there's also uh, Caring Support Services, which has all kinds of businesses listed um, that you can pick from a category. And businesses can also list themselves in more than one category because most of us do more than one thing. And we never know how somebody is looking for support. Uh, so go ahead and utilize that. It looks like we've got someone who's calling in, so I'm going to go ahead and pull them into the line. We've got somebody from a 561 number. How are you doing today? From hi, five Lauren. six one. Yeah, hi, Lauren. Hi, how are you doing today? Is this Rose? Yes, it is. Can you well, hear thanks me? Thanks for calling in, Rose. <laughs> can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. 
Yeah, we've had uh, little technical difficulties, and we're not able to connect with Taipei this morning. So I'm, yeah, I'm filling air I here. I, I heard know. that. Um, I, I'm having a bad connection. Uh, I'll go out and come back in again, all right? Okay, sounds good. Thank you. Well, we'll have Rose call back in and, and um, see what she has to say. I, I always love hearing from, from our audience. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to read a couple of, um, of businesses off the resource directory uh, for the caring support services. There's everything from neglect and abuse to accessibility and transportation, adult day, advocacy programs, art programs, um, and products, associations, and organizations. There's also a business-to-business section, uh, care consultants, clothing, communication systems, education, end-of-life planning, entertainment, exercise and fitness, financial services, foundations and charities, furnishings, and let's see if Rose is back. Hi, Rose. You back uh, again? Hi. Yeah, I am. I forgot to press one. Oh, okay. Um, I heard you speaking on, um, you were talking about being diagnosed and how uh, serious it is to be diagnosed. Um, I have something going on now, and uh, I'm not sure I want to be diagnosed. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone to a regular GP. I've gone to the neurologist, who in turn sent me to endocrinologist, who in turn sent me to kidney doctor. And uh, I have not been diagnosed, and I'm not sure that I want everything to be taken away from me because um, for those of you who have read my book, uh, just the word. Uh, I was a caregiver for 14 years, and in so doing, um, I basically am tied to Social Security at the moment and cannot live on my own at all. Uh, so you go out and you get diagnosed, and then where do you go? Who takes care of you then? Mm-hmm. That's probably my question. I have seen the other side of that story is I have been homeless and I have seen people with dementia who are living on the streets, who are in homeless shelters, and they get thrown out because they're acting kind of weird. People in shelters don't know how to take care of them, people who run the shelters. Uh, and these people should have been sent to a facility. Um, I, I don't know if I want to be in that category, and I, I pray that I'm not, but yet I've always called those with who have dementia the chosen few. Well, needless to say, it's not so few anymore. There's many of them out there. Uh, I have no well, I idea, though, what... Point. Well, I have no idea what you do if you have dementia and you don't have the money to live on, what do you do? Um, you know, that's a, 
That's a very difficult um, situation. You know, a lot of people will go get on medical assistance, um, and then you know, typically it's into a nursing home. But uh, again, those I think those days are going to be changing too with the economics of this disease. And I can see where that can be a fear, and and there is a huge fear of once you get diagnosed, how am I going to be treated? Um, how is the government going to look at me? How you know? How is every, everything going to be affected? Will I still be able to drive? Um, it's it's pretty overwhelming. And being a caregiver yourself and knowing what that road looks like in the future, um, I can see where that would be even scarier, especially if terrifying. You're alone. Terrifying, absolutely terrifying, especially because from what you, I saw you were in the there. Shelter. Yeah, you were yes, there for your loved one being able to support. And not yeah, yeah. having that, excuse me? I lost you. Oh, I, I was going to say, um, you know, you were there for your loved one, caring for them, but feeling that you're alone and not having that support, it's got to well, be the- the loved one uh, that I did take care of was my dear friend Carol, and she had basically planned on leaving me money. But I, that's uh, a big long story, and I don't really want to go into it. Um, she used all of her money in a nursing home. It was costing $10,000 a month to have her in a nursing home and have a private aid because the regular aides couldn't take care of her. She was a pacer, and she ran outdoors, and she did not speak words that you and I know or that we're speaking now. She rat-a-tat-tat-tat type thing, and uh, they couldn't handle her unless there was a private aid. Mm -hmm. So in 14 years, you go through a heck of a lot of money, needless to say, and then she wound up on Medicaid. And got better care, which truly amazed me. Um, but I'm scared. Yeah, I've seen it. And then going to a homeless shelter and seeing seeing two women get thrown out because they were acting weird and they thought they were on drugs and they were not on drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's scary, very, very scary. I'm contemplating, in fact, leaving it to another country. Well, it's, um, you know, I I know just with the homeless in general, you know, the the mental health issues um, need to be addressed um, because so many, um, and and not everybody, but, I mean, there's there's a lot of different types of mental illness that's not detected and people fall between the cracks and that's where they Mm -hmm. land. And, you know, we as a country need to address that. Um, I, I... I think it's a wonderful point that you bring up, and it's not something that I have the answer to. I wish I did. You know, I think people have to start start, uh, looking much more seriously of what are we doing in this country, (laughs) you know, and start addressing some of our problems right here um, and how we're treating people and, um, you know, what, what is the plan? What is the plan to be inclusive? to care for for everyone. 
Um, and part of, I, I think part of that plan kind of ties in a little bit to the whole, you know, becoming dementia-friendly, you know, removing that fear and raising that awareness and educating people because I think so many times they don't want to deal with it because they don't, they don't know what it is and they don't want to take the time to figure out what it is. Um, and as we know with dementia, many times uh, some of those behaviors, or so we call them, could be totally alleviated by very simple steps if we just understand what the triggers are. But if we don't take the time to learn the triggers... Yes. Uh, well, they can be alleviated. I don't know if that's tr- that was true in my case. I, I could not mm-hmm. alleviate Carol's pacing and Carol's yelling. Uh, mm-hmm. I could not alleviate, even though she was on... Uh, psychiatric, uh, psychiatric drugs, mm-hmm. um, which possibly might have even been causing it. But yeah, ironically, I, I so that I don't agree that all people with dementia fall in one category. I just don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. Well, and, are, and I think that's again a, a great point. I mean. You look at how many types of cancers we have, and no, um, I agree. you know everybody is different, and every environment in which they're treated is different, mm-hmm. and and all those environments have an impact on the quality of life, and and I really think the disease progression as well, or the symptoms of of the disease, um, you know, it's not all just personal. Um, personal reaction. I mean, there's a there's a reason for those reactions from each each individual, and um, putting on that detective hat and trying to figure out what's causing well, it. I, I did that, Lori. I did it in daycare and I did it in assisted living, mm-hmm. and I did find that the people. I won't even say that. I was going to say the people that were older in their mm-hmm. 80s and 90s, were much easier to take care of, yes. But the younger people, uh, we had a gentleman 50-something years old in daycare, and our daycare center happened to be in a storefront. This man bolted right out the door. Um, I went running after him and just walked with him, period, walked up and down the sidewalk with him outside and let him... Just let them talk and carry on. Um, but not everybody, not everybody's like that, but not everybody's like the little old lady that lies in bed and listens to you read to her every day either. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's different for each case, and I, I don't know whether it's people have to be taught different as far as um, as far as aids are concerned, nursing aids are concerned. They have to have more schooling. I don't know, um, but something different has to be changed. Um, I guess right now, though, I'm on a kick about: uh, Do we need uh, psychiatric hospitals back again, like we had in the olden days, and then they closed them all up? Do we need them back again so these people are safe and off the street? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I know here in Minnesota they just opened up um a new 
a new hospital uh, with kind of a broad stance with, with uh, you know, for mental health. Um, mm-hmm. And they're really trying to make some headways and, and, again, remove the stigmas associated, you know, with the disease um, here. Rose, I'm going to put you on hold just a second. I've got another caller in and, and see what they have to say as well. Okay? Thank you for calling. Hi, I've got someone from a 917 number, and who am I speaking to? 917, did you have a comment or a question that you wanted to to make? Nope, they hung up. I guess we scared them when I pulled them in live, so didn't mean to do that. Well, I, got, I have you back again, Rose. So <laughs> they thought I probably forgot how to press 1 like I did. Yeah, that that could be. I should should remind them. So. Anyway, I, I thank you for all you do, no doubt about it. You are truly getting the A word out there without a doubt. Um, another, you, you did have uh, Donald Morse on, which was, he was, uh, he's absolutely a fascinating man. I do not know him personally. I only read his book, and, and uh, through his book I just, felt for this man and how many years he's gone on and on trying to get a drug passed that seems so simple. Um, and also this other doctor, uh, Dr. Hilficker is his name. Um, he might be good to have on the show because he has Alzheimer's. And here you've got, you know, you have a, a doctor with Alzheimer's, so... You could be hearing it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually have I've made connection, and he's a little swamped right now, but he sounds interested uh, oh, to be great. on the show and maybe even dementia chats as well, which would be absolutely good. wonderful. Yeah, you know? that would be good. Uh, I, I so love, um, uh, well, Rick, needless to say, I, I like very much when he was on, and Harry and... Steve and, and um, Michael, it's mm-hmm. good to hear, uh, again, from the horse's mouth, what it's like. But it oh, also It's amazing could... the information that they have. Absolutely. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, that's the thing that's gotten me thinking. <laughs> Listening to mm-hmm. those, those folks, uh, and Dina is an absolute joy. Um, I wish she would be on more often. Um, but it's interesting. You sit back and you think and you say, how many of us are really walking around with the disease, Except, especially when they say 15 to 20 years prior to the onset of it? Uh-huh. And that's about it. I've tried coconut oil, <laughs> and it, it, uh, the cholesterol went sky high. And, oh, really? Uh, I Oh, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if that's necessarily bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe we do need the cholesterol in our system for our brains. Yeah. Uh, Rose, I'm gonna, I've got another caller here. Go, go. I'm, I'm going to hang up. I'm going to hang up. I'm going to okay, say goodbye thanks, and Rose. thank you very much Okay, for all you thanks, do. Rose. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We've got a caller from a 718 number. Well, we had him, and then they just hung up again. Okay. And that may be uh, calling in from Mark from uh, 
from Taipei. They're trying very hard to, to connect here, um, but the connection just is not seeming to uh, wanting to cooperate. But we will have our, our uh, next guest will be calling in here shortly. So I'm looking forward to... Um, to their call and, and getting through, and we'll, we'll, we're going to have a great conversation on this new app called Balance, which is just a, a phenomenal new application um, that I think is really going to help a lot of a lot of caregivers who are dealing with dementia and um, make their life much easier in terms of um, being organized and. And so forth. So that would be that would be absolutely great uh, to have this conversation. And um, what else can we tell you here? I am just waiting for them to call in, and it will just be a second here, and we will go. We'll go from we'll go from there. We. Um, we're really looking forward to this year and everything that has been uh, transpiring uh, with Alzheimer's Speaks. Uh, in fact, this morning I just had our local TV uh, show was out and uh, did an interview and it was kind of caught me doing uh, the beginnings of the of the radio show. So I'm excited for that segment to roll out. And uh, and then this afternoon I'm actually going to be doing an interview on on another show um, regarding dementia. So uh, through this million-dollar idea that I submitted for um, <clears throat> for St. Paul to become the first uh, dementia-friendly city, uh, we've we've really, I guess, raised our profile there, and uh, it's been it's been a great, great, great uh, uh, exposure not just for us, but for everything that everyone is doing. So right now, uh, I don't know if we're having problems with this uh, guest as well. It sounds like he's trying to get to the station, but keeps putting him on the air uh, with your current host. Um, so, okay. So that was me pulling you in. Go ahead and call in, and we can go ahead and flip into the second half of the show, and uh, we'll get going here. So I'm just waiting for David to call back in, and uh, it's time to go ahead and switch segments here. So hopefully David will be calling in at 714-364-4757. 714-364-4757. And uh, push one, and we will get you live and on the and on the air. So we can go ahead and and uh, get this conversation going. The um, other thing I wanted to mention to people are just some of the upcoming programs that we're going to be having on the show. And we've got some, again, I, I just love doing this show because we have just wonderful, wonderful um, people that we're able to interview. And on the 24th, we're going to have uh, Shelly Matthews and um, Maria Ray, uh, and they are going to be talking about the Awakenings program. 
And that is something through Ecumen. And then I'm going to also have a group here in Brainerd, Minnesota join us. And they're going to be talking about a conference that's coming up. And let me see who we've got on the line right now. We've got, uh, looks like it might be somebody from Skype. Um, you're live and on the air. Hi, it's Dave Pomerantz in the Hebrew home. How are you? Good, Dave, good. Sorry, we've been having some technical difficulties here. We've had my uh, first session was not able to uh, to partake. They're having uh, phone line troubles uh, over in Taipei. So um, I understand you were on the line a little bit earlier but didn't want to get pulled into the segment. So I appreciate you joining us today. Let me go ahead and just do a... Um, a brief intro on you, and then we'll get talking about this new balance program and and some of the other uh, neat initiatives that you have. Dave Pomerantz is the Executive Vice President of Strategic Planning and Program Development at the Hebrew Home at Riverdale in New York. He has 28 years of progressive experience in executive positions positions managing large community-based and long-term care programs, Uh, His area of expertise and accomplishments are in strategic and visionary planning and the development and operation of new service programs with an emphasis on innovative service models. Uh, Dave is skilled at selling ideas and concepts and motivating others and developing teams and just managing a really diverse workforce. He um, has a wide variety of um, supervisory uh, responsibilities right now. And he also uh, created the Elder Service um, at Night Program at the Hebrew uh, Home at Riverdale, which I definitely also want to talk about because I was just fascinated with that program and the video that they've done for that, and I don't know why we don't have more of that model um, out out and about in communities because it's absolutely fabulous. But first we're going to talk about a brand new app called Balance, which is for caregivers dealing with dementia. So again, welcome, welcome David. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us so that we can talk um, in detail about this new application. Can you tell us you know, why did you guys decide to even build this? Well, first of all, thank you for the lovely introduction and for uh, the opportunity to speak with you today. Um, you know, at the Hebrew Home, we're always looking at the both audiences. Uh, we're looking at both the, the client who's dealing with a terrible disease and also for the caregiver. And so many things we do have that dual focus. And the Balance app is sort of born out of a you know decades of experience of trying to find ways to support caregivers in this very, very challenging task of of trying to do the things they need to do to handle their own lives, to charge their own batteries, to take on this very challenging responsibility and to allow them to to provide that support to the person who needs their care. So one of the things we've seen as the world has changed around us is the preponderance of people's dependence on technology, and specifically in this case, on their phones. You you can't walk anywhere in this country or in this world without seeing people tethered to their cell phones these days. It's a matter of everything from picking a restaurant to buying movie tickets to reading the news to communicating. 
and we saw an opportunity to take some of our, our thinking and indoctrinate it into that technology so that people, while they're tethered to the phones, can also be completing their responsibilities, their challenges, and their role as caregivers. Wonderful. So, well, I- so the idea behind it and, and you know, the, the change in my own personal life, I've worked with people with Alzheimer's and related dementias for my entire career, back to the time when people called it organic brain syndrome and senile dementia and before the term Alzheimer's was prevalent, um, you know, I, I started doing this work. I, I'm now a caregiver myself. My mother has early stage uh, Alzheimer's now, so it's been a, a change for me to go from being somebody to care for others with it to dealing with myself and in my own particular case, I have a brother who lives in Philadelphia, and I'm sort of the perfect test case for why we're doing this. And it's really when you have, in my case, a brother who's in another state, and we're both both love our mother very much, and we're both challenged with the responsibilities of caring for her. Um, the idea here was to create a technology that could that I could, like many millions of people, use to use the technology to share that responsibility. And and the app really is that linkage between people that are separated either by short distances or long distances who want to be very involved in the caring of somebody with Alzheimer's. Yeah, it's. Uh, have you found for for yourself that now that uh, dementia is knocked on your own family's door, um, has it changed you in terms of how you view the disease? Um, you know, I, yes. The answer is yes. I've I've done a lot of work to help a lot of people, and I would have told you if we talked a couple of years ago that I thought I'd be ready. That I've seen so much mm-hmm. of it, I've lived so much of it, I've helped so many people, I've been involved so deeply. But with all that preparation and all those years and all that assistance, um, I don't think anything prepared me for what it was like when it knocked on my own door. And certainly we know the statistics. I don't have to tell you you're an expert, but, you know, this is going to become more and more prevalent. Um, And it was a completely different experience. It's been a completely different experience. My mom is early on, um, but, uh, you know, it's there and it's, it's in front of me. And all the things that I've done to prepare for it or think about preparing for it did not prepare me for it. Yeah, I I always thought that I would be prepared, and you, you just you can't, you just can't. And even with my my mom having the disease for 30 years, you know, you would think that I would be prepared for her to pass because I mean that's happening. I mean she's 85 years old, and sooner or later, you know, we're all we all die. But I, you just you can't ever prepare, you know, for things like that. And it it really is. Um, you know, for me, it's just really been a blessing in a lot of ways to to make me learn that I can't control everything and that I have to be much more um, much more flexible in terms of in terms of life and uh, let go of expectations. But I I love that you guys created um, this app because I think it's going to enhance so many people's lives. Can you can you give us a little bit more detail in sure. terms of, you know, what does it do? What can it help with? Well, uh, yes, I'd be happy to. It, it's set up, um, you know, the, the idea with apps, as your listeners know and you know, is to be as user-friendly as possible. So, you know, while we have created the concept, we work with somebody on the design side who does professional design a company called Elucidate who helped us to transform our vision from concept and, and we filled in 
you know, the particulars, but in terms of the design aspect, we wanted something that would be very easy for somebody to pick up and use. And if you look at the front screen, it's set up with nine boxes, which really take you to different places on a home screen. And, and I'll just walk you through, if it's okay with you, what, what each box yeah. means and takes you to. And, and they start with, with learning because, you know, oftentimes when people get that knock on their door that they didn't expect or they're suspecting something, they, they want to learn a little bit about it. And we've tried to, um, through a, you know, an expansive series of screens which are easy to navigate, to give some basic information to people that are looking to learn a little bit. It's, it's not meant to replace uh, conversations with doctors or extensive research, but certainly gives you the foundation of the disease and what to expect and so forth. Uh, the next screen is, is dedicated to caregivers specifically and really is, is set up to provide uh, information and tips on how to handle things from uh, dealing with agitation to bathing issues to communication to dressing to financial issues to uh, wandering behaviors. It really walks through and gives a series of tips on how to handle different things so as the, the disease takes its unique uh, course in each person's life. You have some things at your fingertips to refer to. You can um, favorite them. You can email them to other people. You can do whatever you like, but they're there for you. And just to, to step back, the, the goal here is on this app is to, to link in, much like people on Facebook are connected to each other. Here, when somebody buys the app, um, they are uh, set up a, an account and then any caregiver that they want to join them on this, they send a uh, approval, a connection to that person. As long as that person also has the app, they connect. So it's not a matter of some stranger being able to access your account. You have to be invited in, and the person has to handshake, accept it. But each person has to have the app on their iPhone or their iPad to do that. So once they've created that handshake and approved each other, then they're linked in so they can send information back and forth to each other, and they can certainly do that amongst the tips that I was just talking about. Um, the next box is a pill box. Um, you know, certainly in addition to uh, a diagnosis of Alzheimer's, generally people as they get older have a series of other medical complications and pills, and, and the pill box is set up so that you can have a place to um, list all the medications. Um, you have a place to uh, make a mark if they've taken them for the day. Uh, I found this feature particularly helpful to me when I've had to take my mother to doctor's appointments that I have the current list of medications always with me. Um, certainly mm -hmm. when you get into any kind of situation, uh, fumfering for that information is not helpful, but having it there has certainly been uh, fruitful. Uh, it populates the medications automatically, so if you type in the first few letters of a medication, it's there. You click another button to tell you how often to take it, the dosage, and then you've basically built the medication profile in the uh, app. And, again, that's visible to everybody on your team. My team, just to give you a sense, is not just my brother and I, but it includes the housing director where she lives, involves the nurse that's responsible often to visit and care for her. So you can choose who you involve in your care team, and as long as they have the app and you've given them that handshake acceptance, um, they can do that. But again, the medications give you a reminder every day to make sure that they've been taken. There's an X to mark to denote that they have, in fact, been given. 
The next box is a schedule, another very handy thing so that my mom's schedule, uh, anything ranging from her doctor's appointments to family things to uh, anything that she has going on in, in her life is listed on that schedule. And, again, visible to everybody. So when her my brother comes to visit with uh, his daughter, my niece, that, that pops up on the schedule, and we all know what each of us is uh, doing with mom so we can all be aware of what her, uh, her appointments look like. Next is uh, another valuable feature, which is we call Doctor Diary. Um, whether it's Alzheimer's or other things, we often find ourselves in doctor's offices trying to remember and report to the doctor different behaviors and different things that have gone on. What this feature does, it's two things. It allows you to record whatever observations and circumstances are going on with your person that you're caring for. It also allows you to email that to the doctor. Now, different doctors have different preferences in terms of the way they want to be communicated with. I've heard stories of both doctors that really appreciate it and doctors who would rather hold, have you hold it until you see them. So, really, it differs. Um, you do, the doctor does not have to be part of your team to receive those emails. You can send those. They just go out as regular emails as they would you'd be sending any email at all. But in the screen itself, it allows you to denote various uh, changes in mood and behavior and circumstance with the ability to not only check boxes of, uh, that correspond to different elements, but also a, to type in things. So if you want to make a note about something, you can denote it directly in there yourself. So we call that the doctor diary. Am I going too fast? I, I don't no, wanna... no, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. The next... Uh, uh, box. Let me just switch my screen. Is to um, what we call the news section. The news section is what um, pulls information from the, the the top periodicals in the country and world's newspapers every day. So if there's an article in the London Times or the New York Times or Scientific America, it will pull anything related to Alzheimer's and dementia. So you will uh, be able to read uh, whatever's going on. Uh, Research trials, uh, uh, you know, news stories and circumstances. Uh, we find that people who are very anxious and hopeful of a cause also want to stay on top of, of different developments and communications related to different elements to the disease. So it, it gives you an, uh, a daily dose of what's being discussed in, in, in newspapers about the disease. So that's what we call the news section. That's automatically done. You turn it on, you pop the button, and in comes the headlines. You choose which headlines you want to follow. Um, it also keeps the app uh, very timely and fresh so that when people go to it each day, there's something new to look at and read um, in addition to their own information that they're adding. Next is the family section. This is the section where um, it lists and connects all the people that are part of your team. There's a picture of each person if you um, choose to have it. You can have each person's face and that you can see them as part of your team. They are then now linked, and there's a communication button that you can click so you can make notes that everybody on the team can see. So if, if I've just seen my mom and she's having a particularly good day and I, I saw her at a music program, I type in that into the screen, and it pops up on everybody's device in that section. So um, in real time, we can all be aware of, of things that are going on. Um, and nice to share good things, certainly, we want to hold on to every great moment we can. So if she's visiting with my brother and his niece and she has a really good time and he loads that in, we all can share that experience too. And also 
Uh, we can share things of concern, uh, difficult days each having, uh, changes we, things we want. You know, we're talking now, she's still driving a little bit, and we're discussing uh, how we're going to strategize to work that uh, that change because we don't feel that that's going to be a, a plan we can keep going much longer. She's had some incidents where she's gotten lost, and so now we've been communicating through the device and talking about how we're going to broach that uh, topic next with her doctor and uh, come up with a plan so that we can all be on the same page and, and try and do it in a way where she doesn't feel another sense of loss. But that's uh, the communication section through the family piece. The other two pieces are an about section, which tells a little bit about our organization and, and who we are so that people can learn a little about um, who they're dealing with and what our background is in creating the app. And lastly, there's a store section, which is just a linkage to various products and circumstances that we don't have a, um, a vested interest in. We're just creating a porthole for people to, whether it be books or wandering devices or things that people might be able to take advantage of that we're aware of that might be helpful to them as caregivers. And that's the basic uh, functionality of the app. That's a that's a lot of functions. That's I mean that is um, you guys have really done a nice job in terms of of thinking of the whole person and the whole team um, working as one together. And, and so I, I I applaud you for that because a lot of them will have a piece here and a piece there, but it, you know uh, it it isn't kind of that that holistic look in terms of what is it that I need. I love the 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 pill box, you know, to to manage daily medications and and having those names and refills and uh it's so critical. I can't tell you how many times I go bring my mom to the doctor and then I get her in the car and then I have to run back in and grab the pills and throw them in my purse because I didn't have them written down in one spot. And it was like, "Oh, boy, that would have been nice just to know I already have it with me." You know, um, and the the doctor diary, I, I think, you know, the more accessible we can make um, make things, the easier we're going to be able to track them and the better information we're going to be able to pass along, which, uh, you know, then just makes for um, better decisions um, for the doctors because they're going to have more hardcore evidence. Um, in terms of what's really going on versus us trying to muddle back in our mind and remember what time was that, what day was that, or being able to see if there's patterns that are occurring, um, I think is so important. And, you know, we just, we're not good um, about tracking that stuff, or most of us, I don't believe, are good. And um, the app, I think, will allow people to, to just, Type it in there. We're so used to doing those things with our phones now, it'll almost be a no-brainer. Yeah, and no, I, I find that everybody's busier, busier and busier. And, and, you know, the world, you know, where we would have separations because of technology, it's sort of a double-edged sword. It, you know, we're all sort of on all the time and we're all connected all the time. There's very little breaks and times to really reflect and think. You know, the average person today uh, when they're working and they get in the car, they continue a work conversation. They're looking at email at night. So everybody's sort of busy all the time, and there's so much things going on that, that I, I, I appreciate your comment. I, I do think it's it's good and helpful to be able to record somewhere so that when 
you're dealing, you know, and the doctors generally are very busy and you don't have a lot of time to to give expansive time to be thinking of stuff. So the quicker and more efficiently you can garner the information that's helpful for the doctor to hear, I think the better job they can do to help you. Well, and what a time savings, you know, instead of kind of backpedaling in your mind and try to think of what it is you know you should have had prepared <laughs> when you walked yep. in the door. Absolutely. Um, just to be able to, to refer to it and know confidently that it's accurate, that it's not a guess, you know. I mean, it really is per, um, letting people um, prioritize the illness but yet not take away from daily life balance. Um, to be able to, to, you know, I mean, for me, when I think about, um, you know, the use how I use my phone, um, you know, I'll make myself a note so I don't have to forget about it or I don't have to worry about potentially forgetting about it. Maybe that's a better way to put it. And so it just offers that peace of mind to know that it's documented, to know that it's tracked, um, that that you are doing the right things. And, you know, the learning section on there, um, giving people that information of, you know, what is this disease like and helping them understand um, both the disease and how to care for somebody effectively with the disease, uh, you know, it's another huge, huge piece of the puzzle. The um, the scheduling portion, I think, can be where people really get overwhelmed um, in terms of trying to connect the dots and keep the balls in the air. Um, that, that's got to be um, marvelous. Have you been getting much feedback? I know this is fairly new. Yeah, it, we're just about six weeks into it, and um, we've got some very uh, exciting feedback from people that, that generally um, are finding it to be very helpful. And, and it's to hear that we're helping people is, is very gratifying. The, the fascinating part to, that I've, uh, maybe I shouldn't be so fascinated, certainly I know it's an international uh, disease. It's certainly not uh, something the United States has uh, ownership over, but to see the countries where the app is being purchased um, has intrigued me. You know, it's one thing to sit in Riverdale, New York, and to create something, but to see that it's being bought in Japan and Belgium, and you know, we're in 12 different countries at this point, and Amsterdam and, and Germany, and it's, it's fascinating to see. Um, is that you don't get to know always the people unless they write to you, and we've had nice feedback. But to see the scope and, and uh, that the people are purchasing it, it, it feels good to be helping people not just uh, in your local world, but helping people throughout the world uh, in any way you can. You know, with, with this kind of circumstance, we're all sort of bound together. Those of us who are either caring for people or, or dealing with it directly, all, all, only thing we could control sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, is what we do to help others because there's a limit as you mentioned earlier of how much we can do and how powerless you feel at time uh, but to be able to help other people and to see that you're helping people in all reaches of the world is a very exciting feeling yeah it it is funny the other day i was um just looking at uh, my blog and some of the statistics and and i don't know what happened but i just had this huge like skyrocket hit um from korea and i think there was almost 900 hits from Korea one night. <laughs> and wow. I just thought, what happened? You know, yeah. and it probably was triggered by one person who shared mm-hmm. it with some others. And it is, it's just fascinating to see the ripple effect. And to me, it brings me great peace knowing that we're all in this together. 
um, and really looking at the similarities versus the differences. Um, and the way social media works, um, you know, and, and these applications, I mean, it's just, it really is a marvel in terms of how many people can be touched and helped in such significant ways. And, you know, and the economics of this type of delivery system is, um, I think, just fascinating in and of itself. Um, can, you, can you tell people again um, cost of the, of the application? Sure. It's, it costs $3.99. It's a one-time fee. So it's not, you know, some apps have recurring fees or, or so forth. We didn't want to do it that way. We, we just wanted to have people purchase it one time. Um, so they go to the app store and you type in Alzheimer's balance, or you could put in Alzheimer's and search through a number of screens, but it's $3.99. And, um, you know, it's, it's theirs. And, you know, like all apps, as soon as we've done the app, which we've done, we're already thinking about what we want to add to uh, uh, to future versions. You know, so we've already begun thinking about things, as well as working on an Android version, which we'd like to have because certainly not everybody has an iPhone and an iPad. But we'd like to find a way to get information out to people that list support groups and, and other different things, which we we know are helpful. Certainly, we we offer some support groups and. Um, we know how critically important they are for people to get into a room with others and to realize that they're not alone in this as you start to talk about your feeling about seeing what's going on in Korea. And I feel that way when I see people buying the app in Australia that feel like we're, we're all in this, you know, it's a team, you know. And if you're touched by this illness and you find anything that works and you talk about blogging and social media, it's it's a, uh, I guess like a lot of disease and circumstances, when you find something that works or find something that helps, you want to tell other people because you want to be able to share it so that you know a, a tip that you use can be helpful to somebody else. In our case, we hope the app helps people and they tell other people. But the idea is um, to connect. It's a community. It's assistance. It's a team. And, uh, you know, it's it's not like any one person has control of this horrible thing. It's We're all coming from different perspectives and different angles and trying to find ways to manage it. And um, this is just one example of many that are, are after that uh, goal. Oh, well, it's absolutely wonderful. And I do have on the page here, and I will put on the blog, um, you can go to iTunes and um, just put in, uh, what is it, balance for, is it, um, I'm trying to think what they need to put in. Well, balance, it, I, I would suggest if people are looking for it, they type in balance and then the word Alzheimer's after it, because that will get you right to the app. If you just put in balance, there's a number of apps that have balance from exercise and other things, so you'll have a longer list to go through. Or you could just type in Alzheimer's, and it'll show up as one of the screens there. But it's uh, it's in the App Store, and uh, as I said, it's $3.99, and, and um, there's a chance for people to give their feedback once they've bought it and used it. Um, and certainly we hope that people will take advantage. We've had some good feedback, as I mentioned, about support groups and other things, and we want it to be... A, an evolution um, that you know we don't. It's not a finished product. It'll never be finished. We're going to trying to continue to adapt it to the needs of the people that are utilizing it. Well, that's that's great. I would like to talk to you while while I have you on the phone um, about your night program as well. So um, before we go there, is there anything else that you want to tell our audience about the app program or? 
No, I think I think we covered it. I, I, I just would encourage people that if they do uh, take advantage of purchasing it, they do give their feedback, whether it's rave reviews or suggestions. You know, we really want it to be a dialogue because um, their great ideas come from people in, in all different directions. And um, I appreciated your comment about our comprehensive approach. We tried to take a thoughtful one, but we're very open to the ideas of, of uh, other things that can be brought to bear to uh, that people would find useful to have in there. We want to make it something that people find to be a um, an app that they uh, can take advantage of. You know, I was reading an article about apps in in general as I've become a little bit of an app aficionado, and according to the studies they do, that people generally load a lot of apps, but they there's certain ones that they use all the time. So that you might have 60, 70 apps, but generally eight to ten apps are, are the ones that people use the most, whether it be their, their news source or their Facebook or whatever. And, and we hope it will be an app that people will, will purchase but use, not just to have sitting there, but that it will be useful to them and that they can take advantage of it on a regular basis. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing all this great information on on the Balance app with us. I, I do think that it will be very popular and um, just really be able to assist people and, and give them that sense of comfort and control that sometimes is lacking with this disease um, as a care partner, um, to be able to feel organized. And I, and I know for me anyways, um, with dealing with my mom, the more organized I felt, the better I felt that I was doing a good job. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if, if everybody um, kind of goes through that, but... You know, when I didn't feel organized, I felt a lot more angst um, yeah. and caused myself a sounds lot like more we're stress. A, sounds like we're a lot alike because I, when I feel organized, I feel more in control and I feel better able to and more successful at everything. I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about your, your night program. I just, you know, the video that you have out there is just absolutely fascinating. I can't tell you how many times when I've been out speaking I've shared that with people and they, they're they just amazed and and everyone says we should do this but it doesn't seem like people are picking up on it so can you tell us about the program and the concept and, um, and some thoughts about it how it's been going sure um, the program is called Elder Serve at Night and if people are interested to see it um, you could actually the New York Times I think is the video you're referring to came in over the course of a month and uh, created really a beautiful film, which is about eight or nine minutes long, which really tells the story of the program. And it's it's available to be seen online, I think even through the um, the iPhone. I think if you go to the, the Times site, you can search it out. But in any event, what Elder Servant Night is, is an all-night program, an all-night day program. So the idea there was we offered a traditional adult day program for people with Alzheimer's would come with us, come to see us during the day between 9 and 3, and we would provide what in our state is was called a medical day program, which requires that you have nursing services and therapies and all different components. But the basic core of it is the socialization and the recreational aspects so that a caregiver could get a break. Um, they weren't thinking about nursing home placement or they, they were um, just in taking advantage of the opportunity for somebody to, who could no longer attend a senior center but, but wanted to come and give them socialization. And they would come to us from the hours of 9 to 3 and have breakfast and lunch and participate in activities and, 
and socialize. And it was a traditional day program. They exist in all states of different sizes and shapes, but it, it filled that traditional boundary of um, an intermediary step for people post senior center, pre nursing home placement of people being able to enjoy the environment. And we did that successfully for, for many years and listened to a lot of stories from caregivers who would tell us the stories of how wonderful the day program was but how challenging night was. And then we met people who weren't using day programs at all because they had good solutions for daytime hours but had no solutions for night. So basically what people were reporting to us was they were hanging cowbells on doorknobs and sleeping in front of doorways because they were concerned that their loved ones would wander or or turn on the stove in the middle of the night or do anything because the greatest challenge they were dealing with was sundowning and night behaviors. And when you're a caregiver and you can't get a good night's rest, nothing is possible because if you're not getting your batteries charged, you're not able to take care of yourself, then you're really not in a good position to take care of somebody else. So with that background, we asked ourselves the question when our day program closed at 3 o'clock on our campus at the Heber Home in Riverdale, that space would sit vacant until the next day when people would come in in the morning. And we asked ourselves the question, and my thought process was, could we do something with that space at nighttime that would either help these people who come during day who wouldn't ordinarily come during the day, or for new people who had different issues, could people take advantage of nighttime relief in the same way they take care of daytime relief? And we really met a whole different group of people, but with very similar profiles, people that desperately were trying to be good caregivers. And in the case of the new people, they had difficulty filling how to handle nighttime issues. They had good plans most of the time for daytime. And we said, well, what if we created a program where people would come at 7 o'clock at night, spend the evening, have dinner, have activities, and we would handle the behaviors of the overnight hours, and they would go home in the morning. So we had to go to our State Department of Health and sort of explain this concept to them, which was sort of foreign. It's not a respite program. We weren't inviting people to come and, and sleep for the night and so forth. We were inviting people to be part of what would be their normal rhythm for people who are, have sleep disturbances and who couldn't get a good night's sleep and have behavioral issues, we would take them in at nighttime and give the caregivers the chance to get the break and the good night's sleep. So in 1998, we launched that program. Again, we called it Elder Serve at Night. And to this day, we have about 40 people a night that come to us. They come at 7 o'clock. They come from all over the metropolitan area because it's a unique program. So normally in a daycare situation, you'd have people come from 20 minutes, a half hour away. We have people come from further, from Brooklyn and, and lower Manhattan and travel as much as an hour to get there. Um, and they spend the 12-hour period of time with us. And it's 12 hours because you can't send people home at 3 or 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. So we needed to be able to keep them long enough. And we adjusted our model and our staffing to create a new model. And I'm proud to say it's it's made a, a tremendous difference for people because when you can solve that difficult period of t overnight and nighttime, um, it has made our caregivers, given our caregivers, the opportunity to get that good night's sleep they need to allow them to continue to be effective caregivers. Yeah, it, it's a brilliant program. Um, and so needed. Why do you think it hasn't caught on in in more cities and states? You know, it takes a lot of 
commitment to do it, and it doesn't fit into traditional patterns. And, and you know, one of the things we pride ourselves at, at, the, at, at the Hebrew, where I work, is to to do the difficult things. So, um, you know, many years ago we opened on holidays and weekends, and we, we've always done things which we think are in need of, uh, of being done for their caregivers and clients with less concern about what it does to us and our own personal schedules and times. And it's a bit of a sacrifice, and it's a bit unusual, and I'm not sure that, that places necessarily always look at that as something that they see as part of their mission. They feel that they're doing other things and, uh, for whatever reason, uh, create boundaries around that. We don't have those boundaries. Um, you know, we think that, you know, we need to provide the services where and when they're needed. So there have been a couple of places that have picked up on pieces of it in, um, um, in Minnesota and in California, but it has not been as widespread as we would thought it would have been, and, and there's been really tremendous publicity around the program. We've had not one article in the New York Times and one video. We've had two articles in the Times. We've been featured in, in everything from National Geographic to Good Morning America to all kinds of places, and it's built a tremendous core following and appreciation within our state. But, um, you know, it, I'm as surprised as you that, that it hasn't existed, and I don't know if there's there needs to be people that are champions and, and, and push it over the threshold to do it elsewhere. Because um, I can tell you the need for it grows. We're just in a phase now of looking to expand it because uh, the demand is such that you don't want to talk to people about waiting lists and, and, and not being able to offer services when they need it. So the answer to why it's not everywhere and, and elsewhere um, I don't have, um, but I could tell you the need is strong, and what a what a powerful feeling to come in and uh, two or three o'clock in the morning and to see that instead of um, people being uh, tried to get to sleep and caregivers being stressed and trying to do things where people are finding relaxation in in doing artwork or or knitting or just socializing and talking. Um, and we're following their natural patterns that have developed within their disease as opposed to trying to get them to correspond and creating agitation and conflict, we allow the behaviors to just be respected and and, and uh, follow whatever course they take. There are people that will go and lay down for half an hour and rest and then pop back up. There are people that will not rest at all the entire time that they're there, so it really as you know well, takes uh, individual courses with each person. But it really is exciting and exhilarating to create an environment where you're not only supporting the caregiver, but you're allowing um, the client, the, the person suffering the disease, to not feel uh, anxious or stressed and just be able to follow whatever makes them comfortable. Because, frankly, in my experience of working in this field, whatever works is good. You know, I don't. Uh, there's a playbook that we all have in our mind to engage people when they're agitated or frustrated or wandering. That playbook some days works in one way, and next day works in a different way. And generally, my advice to people is when you find something that's working, you stay with it as long as it's working. And when it's no longer working, you try something else until you get something else to work. But it's, um, you know, there's no uh, perfect game plan to dealing with a disease which has all kinds of challenges with it. Yeah, I agree. I have to ask. You had mentioned Minnesota. Is there one in Minnesota? Because I'm from and I'm yeah. in Minnesota, and I'm not aware of it. Um, you know, I I don't have the exact name in the top of my head. There are a few places, and I, what I could do is I could email you where there have been some replications. 
so that um, perhaps on your website or you could just have it uh, to share with people who ask. There have been a few. Um, I just don't have them on the top of my head. Okay, and that that's fine. It's because uh, I like I said I've been talking about it for years. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, you know this this just makes so much sense. And um, you know it's just kind of an amazing. Uh, it, it's amazing that there's not more of them. And again, the economics behind behind it makes so much more sense to be able to utilize the building all the time. Uh, and also as in our, in our in our state where mm-hmm. managed care has become very prevalent, um, it's it's actually attractive to so we, we're paid by um, managed care companies or people can pay privately, but managed care companies who are very conscious and have to be responsible for the dollars like it because it covers a 12-hour period of time and it's less expensive than having the 12-hour home care in place in the home. So it's attractive to people with with payment on their mind, and it's also advantageous in terms of the socialization and the and the stimulation that goes on in the program. Interesting, interesting. Well, I just I I can't thank you uh, enough for all the wonderful information. I I did want to ask you about one other thing. You guys have um, I saw on your website something called Pet Pals. Can you tell us your philosophy with Pet Pals? Yeah, actually, I, I can talk firstly about that one also because my dog, who's a black lab, is part of the program. And really what that is is we've made a commitment, as, as a lot of hospitals and facilities have, to really bring animals in. There's an unconditional love that uh, that pets, aside from reminiscence and and, um, and comfort, um, there's, there's, there's nothing better than kids and, and animals to elicit really wonderful responses for older people and people with with impairment, and what the, the program does is really, um, you know, my dog works on the Alzheimer's floor of the Hebrew home, and to many of the people who live on that floor, they think it's their dog. So there mm-hmm. are people that, that Max is his name, and there are uh, residents on that floor who walk them as if it's their dog. They give it their own name, um, and it and makes them feel comfortable and, and gives them a, a positive memory to something in their life that they can connect into and and remember, you know, Alzheimer's, is, as you know well, there are things that, that penetrate, you know, whether it be music and people being able to remember lyrics to songs. And oftentimes I find with pets it does it as well where, you know, they're able to connect to, and to play with a dog in a way where they have a hard time communicating with people, but the pet brings in a different set of things that, that go on and, and really uh, gives them a source of love and compassion and, and you know that that kind uh, animal that, that knows nothing other than you're a person who's petting them and sharing time with them, and um, uh, it's really quite magical and powerful to see. Definitely. Well, I, David, I thank you so much for all the time that you have uh, have given us. Is there anything else that you want to highlight? You guys are doing in the, the Hebrew home is just doing such fabulous work. I. I, I truly I thank you from the bottom of my heart for for doing all that you're doing and being so so innovative and cutting edge and and so holistic in your approach. I mean, you really do a, a just a fabulous job and are are definitely one of the leaders uh, in shifting our dementia care culture. Well, thank you for that. And uh, I, the only thing I would add is that we're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep you know working at this. Um, uh, those of us who are afflicted, those of us who are caring for 
know that uh, until there's an end to this, and we pray and hope there will be, um, that we're going to continue to try and up our game to, to meet the challenges as they come. The numbers are getting bigger. The people are coming into our facilities and our services younger and more challenging, and um, we're motivated with, with opportunities to talk to you and to your audience and so forth to, to keep at it and, and to try and make as big a difference as we can. Well, you definitely are making that difference. There is there is no question about that at all. Do you have, um, you know, any major projects coming up that you would feel comfortable sharing with us at this point, or anything on the um, Nothing that that stands to mind uh, particularly, but I would just say that if if people want to reach out, I'm I, I don't know if. Uh, how it normally works, but I'm I'm happy to share my email address with the audience if people have follow-up questions or, or comments or, or want information. If I'm happy if that's okay with you to give my email address oh, that, if people that's want great. to. Sure. The uh, email is D Pomerantz, D P is in Peter, O M is in Mary, E R A N Z is in Zebra at Hebrewhome.org. D Pomerantz at HebrewHome.org, and again, whether it's questions of what we talked about, suggestions, thoughts, uh, feedback, uh, I love to hear from people, and um, we will certainly keep you uh, keep in touch with you as uh, we hit our our next thought process. Uh, uh, it's great to talk to you, great to meet you, and uh, um, we look forward to hearing from people that are on your show and from what you're doing, and, and doing the same back with you as we uh, move into other areas as well. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you again for joining us today. I really uh, just found it so um, so great for me. I mean, it's, it's one of the things I love about doing the show. I, I'm always able to learn and um, grow from each individual that I talk to. There's just so much going on out there, and it's it's fun to be connected. So, again, well, thank, uh, thank you for creating such an important forum and, uh, and doing your work to, to get word out there for people like us. We're grateful to you as well. Okay, you have a great day, okay? You too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm going to go ahead and um, wrap up the show at this point. Um, Again, I apologize for our technical difficulties and not being able to pull in um, Alzheimer's Disease International. We definitely will get that rescheduled uh, because they've just got information that we all need to hear. If you uh, would like, you can go to their website at www.alz.co.uk and you can find out more information about the conference that's going on over in Taipei as well as their wealth of information. Again, you can connect to any Alzheimer's Association throughout the world. Um, The information as far as statistics and research and stigma um, is, is absolutely fascinating on that site. Um, you'll really be kept up to date. I want to remind people that if you're interested in joining us on Dementia Chats, our next session will be on the 23rd, and that's at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific time. And again, that is a free platform where you can join us and uh, join the conversation when we are interviewing those that have dementia. Our next radio show will be on the 24th. Again, that will be with Ecumen talking about their Awakenings program. 
and our group from Brainerd here that I'm really excited to have on the radio show. Uh, this is a, a smaller uh, rural town uh, that has come together and is just an energy powerhouse. And their group is called Llama, and it's a, a lakes area um, group that is just they're putting on a conference, but they have so many initiatives, and it's just it'll be a very fun conversation, very energized because they are out to make a difference. So in the meantime, have a wonderful day, and we will talk to you soon. I will let you know when we are able to reschedule with uh, Alzheimer's Disease International. We'll go ahead and get that notice out. Uh, have a wonderful week. Bye now. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.